If you have your Bible, will you please turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. Uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. And we want to break into that chapter at verse 11. A well-familiar passage, and yet it is one that the Lord has laid upon our heart tonight uh, for tonight's meeting. So let us hear uh, the word of the Lord as it's read and as it is proclaimed. Luke, chapter 15, and verse 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons, And the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided them unto his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent them into the fields to feed swine. And he would fan and fill his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man give unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my father have bread enough and and despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, The servants bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring in his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again, and was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry. Amen. We know that God will bless his word. And with the word of God open, let us seek the Lord for help as we preach his word. Our heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy presence with us already tonight. We thank you for the hymns that we've been singing together. We thank you, Lord, for the word of testimony. And we thank you, Lord, for how you saved William and how you protected him and his wife and family. And Lord, while they were out protecting us, Lord, you were protecting him. And Lord, as we come to thee and to thy precious word now, Lord, we pray that in the closing moments of this meeting, O God, that thou would grant to us the power of the Holy Ghost, that in the stillness of this meeting, that Lord, every heart and every individual will hear the still, small voice of God speaking to their hearts and to their soul. And Lord, if there's one who knows not the Savior, then Lord, let this be the night that Lord, they'll come just like the prodigal did, that, Lord, they'll return and return and repent to the Father. So, Lord, be with us. Help us. Pour out your Spirit and take control. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. No doubt as you live in this closing moments of time, I believe that the Lord's return is very adamant and is very near as you and I are drawing to the end of this life here, even on earth, and it's time that it is left We're beginning to see a very familiar picture throughout our land and throughout our country. 
I don't want to get into much of it tonight, but on my journeys throughout my work this week, I came across a young person of the age of 24. And already that young person is at wit's end corner, brought up in a religion, steeped in a religion, and yet full of emptiness and nowhere to turn. At the age of 24, and there seems to be no satisfaction in life, no enjoyment in life, full of depression and depressed, and nowhere to turn and nowhere to go. It all started out at 14, 15 years of age, living their life to the full, enjoying all that the world had to give, getting their belly full of all of the pleasures of this world. And now, in a short time of 24 years of age, living a life of absolute misery. Young ladies and gentlemen and young people, that can be said of many tonight in Northern Ireland. That can be said of many, I even in this house tonight. I that can be said even for many a Christian home, brought up in the best of teaching, brought up in the best of, of religion, brought up under the sound of great gospel preaching, to leave the joy of the Father's house, to go into the world and to enjoy the pleasures of sin which are but for a season. And tonight, sorry to say it, our land is full of many prodigals. Many prodigals. For what time I have tonight, and I will be quick tonight, I want us tonight to look at one of these young men. A man who had a bright future. A man who had everything that was going for him. But yet the moment that he left the father's house, He lost the joy of that home. And there's young people here tonight. And maybe this is why the Lord has laid it on my heart tonight. Because young person, maybe you're like this young man. Maybe you just cannot wait to get away from the care of your mother and father. Maybe you're getting fed up by the restrictions and the rules and the the things that are set within the house and you're saying to yourself, I can't wait till I turn 16. I can't wait till I get to the age of 18. I can't wait till I get my first pay packet. I can't wait until I get out into the world and I just want to do my own thing. My own thing. Is that you? Because, young person, what we see tonight, we see the departure of this young man. That's the first thing we see. We see his departure. Because the Bible says a certain man had two sons, and it was the younger of them. The Bible says the younger of them came to his father. And look what it says. He says, Father, give me. Father, give me. And how often is that a case in many a home? Children will always say, give me this and give me that. But here was a young man and he was waited up. He was looking out into the far country. He was just looking to get away. And he says, Father, give me it now. He says, Father, give me that which is entitled to me now. You see, he knew his father was wealthy. And we'll see that in a little moment or two. He knew there was a great inheritance for him. He knew that his father had had laid something aside for him when his time had come, when that appointed time would come, when his son would inherit that which was for him. But the son couldn't wait. The young man couldn't wait for the fortune. He wanted it now. He wanted it all. And the father, I'm sure, would have 
reason with them. I'm sure he would have tried to change his mind. But the father realized there was no talking to him. There was no listening. His mind was made up. And you know, my dear friend, that's what the Bible says. And the father gave it to him. The father says, and he, gave, he says he gave all because it says the next day, the moment the father gave it to him, it wasn't a matter of, I'll wait a few months or a few years and, and then I'll go. No, the Bible says the next day he gathered it all up and he took it. And he said he went, it says there, and not many days after the younger gathered all together. And I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, and they're loving fathers and loving mothers, and you can understand how this father feels. He has worked hard. He has brought up his two boys to the best that he can. He has left an inheritance for both of them that when the time comes, they will inherit it. But here he sees this younger son and he, there's no controlling and there's just rebellion within him. And now he wants to break. He wants to break away. And the moment the father gives them all, he gathers it all up. And listen, young people, this is what it says. And took his journey. He took his journey. You know, I listen to politicians today and sometimes I, I wonder at them at times, and I'm sure you do as well. They all say we're on this journey. We're on a journey now. And I often wonder where is that journey going to? Where is that journey bringing us to? Because we see where this journey was bringing this young man. This young man had sat and he had wondered, what's the far country like? What is it like beyond the hills? What is it like beyond, beyond the distance of home? And this young man just could not wait to get away and find out for himself just what was in the world, just what had it all to offer for me. You know, young people, can I say tonight, the world has much to offer. The world has plenty to offer. Aye, for young people, the world can be your oyster. But the world can also destroy you. And you need wisdom. And you need wisdom in these days. And young person, the Bible clearly teaches us to seek first the kingdom of God. And all his righteousness. And then all these things that you want, all these things that you're looking for in His will, in His time. And if they're of the Lord's will, then the Lord will bring those things into your life that will help you, will make you happy and satisfy you. But here was a young man and he gathered everything he had and he took his departure and he left the Father's house and he went down into the far country. And the Bible speaks of the far country being in the places of the world. You know, I often put myself as a father in the place of this man. And I'm sure it broke his father's heart. I'm sure it broke his father's heart. And I can tell you tonight, there are many children tonight brought up in loving homes. And they've went out into the far country and they've broke the hearts of their parents. They've broke their hearts. There's many a godly mother and a godly father. And let me tell you, this son broke the heart of a godly mother too. 
many a mother has laid her bed and she has cried for God to bring her wayward son home. And the moment this prodigal takes his journey, he leaves the father's house behind him. He leaves the care and the love and the warmth of a loving father, of a loving home, with everything provided for him. And he takes his journey and he goes right out into the far country to seek his own pleasure and his own will. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, we see how he spent it. Young person tonight, never forget this little quotation. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will make you stay longer than you want to stay. And sin will make you pay more than you want to pay. Here was a young man and he got away from the father. The Bible says that he went away in verse 13 into the far country. And it says, and there wasted it. He wasted. He wasted it all. The inheritance that his father gave to him, and I'm sure it was a great inheritance. It was enough to buy him a house. It was enough to get him settled. It was enough to get him into employment. It was probably enough if he wanted to get a set of his own business. He could have done what he wanted with it. But rather than using it wisely, he spent it foolishly. Because we're told how he spent it. And the older brother said that when he returned in verse 30. And as soon as the day thy son was come, which have devoured his living with the harlots. Do you see how he spent it? Do you see how he wasted it? He wasted it in the pleasures of sin. Men and women, he was in the nightclubs. He was in the pubs and in the clubs. He was with harlots. He was with sinful women. You listen, can you see this young lad as he's coming? And he's just throwing his money around him. And everybody's his friend. And everybody wants to be his friend. You know, men and women tonight, and young people, it's not a picture of our land tonight. Many young men, young women, just live for parties at the weekend. The minute they get their paycheck, Friday comes right through the weekend. It's riotous living. Drunken disorder, drunkenness, immorality of the flesh. And yet the Bible says, love not the world, neither the pleasures they're in. They're not the will of the Father, but they're of the world. And here was a young man who had everything. Here was a young man who had a great fortune. And yet the Bible says he wasted it. Young person, what am I trying to say to you tonight? Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. I, the world has everything to offer you, and it has. And Moses said that himself in Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews. He said, I'd rather enjoy the affliction, I'd rather enjoy the afflictions of Israel than to enjoy the pleasures of sin, which are only but for a season. 
I can take her to that young, that young person right now. I can introduce you to her. And she can say to you tonight, the, the, the day it went downhill was the moment I hit the bottle and it led on to this and it led on to that. And now my life is empty. And I can take you to many a young person tonight in Portadown, brought up in rich homes, brought up in good homes. And tonight, young person, they're in hospitals, they're in psychiatric hospitals. They don't know where to go to. That's our society. That's our life. More suicides. William talked about living through the troubles. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, since the ceasefire and the troubles, there's been more suicides and depression in this land than there ever was before. And yet our politician says, if we have more money, if we have more this and more that, it'll fix the problem. Listen, the only person who can fix the problem in our land is Jesus Christ. It's only the Lord can satisfy the sinful soul. It's only the Lord can fill the inner peace within. It's only the Lord can give great joy. You see, he says in Psalm 16, and there's a lovely verse, at my right hand there are pleasures, not just, not just for a season. The Bible says forevermore. And young person, you want joy, you want real joy. You want real satisfaction that will really last in your life? Then get the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. Get the Lord into your life. And cast all your care upon him. For he careth for you. We see his departure. We see how he wasted it. But also we see where his sin brought him to. It brought him to the pig swine. And I tell you young person for a Jew. For an Israelite. To be found among the pigs, it was a shameful thing. And yet whenever he had everything, he had friends, he had, he had girls, he had, he had all the laugh and all the fun. And the Bible says there arose a great famine in the land and he became the way and one. There was no friends because it said nobody would give him anything. No man would give unto him. Oh, here was this young man coming in in the finest of clothes with, with a pocket full of money and he's all our friends and he's throwing it around him like a fatty. But now he's got a famine and nobody's with him. Nobody's there. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. No. You think your friends care? Test them. Because as a friend told me, your friends will laugh you into hell, but they'll never laugh you out. Where will your friends be when the hard times come? Where will your so-called friends be when you really need them? But I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when you're on your back and there are hard times in your life, the Bible speaks of a friend that sticketh closer than any brother. And he will never leave you nor will he ever forsake thee. William spoke of lying out in the hills of South Armagh and Fermanagh. He wasn't alone. The Lord was with him. And young person, wherever you go in life, whether it be to Belfast University, or over to Scotland University, or over to a university in England, wherever you go, and you know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord will go with you. He will go with you. But here was a young man and his sin brought him right into the gutter 
right into the swine and right to the pig's trough. And that's what sin does. Sin, young person, it will strip you of everything you have. Sin will rob you of everything you have. And the Bible says when sin is finished, whenever it is finished, the Bible says it bringeth forth death. And Satan will promise you the world. Satan will, will speak to the world to you as if it is your oyster. But he never tells you the end product. And the Bible does. For the Bible says the wages of sin. And where there's a wage, there's a price to be paid. And the price for your sin is this. It's death. It's eternal death. And it's in hell without Christ. And I make no apology for that. If you're here and you don't want to hear about hell, you're going to hear about it. Because man and woman, tonight if you die without Christ and you die in your sin, I pray that's where you'll go. For the Bible says, here was a young man who had spent all, and when he had come to himself, he's sitting at the pig's trough, and he's saying, I've messed up my life, and my life's a complete misery, and if I stay in this sin, if I stay in this place, I'm going to perish. Do you get it? If I die as I am now, if I die in this muck and mar and the stink of this pig's trough, I'm going to perish. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I do urge you, please, pray for the children. Drugs is everywhere. Don't kid yourself. I have two children at 12 and 13 years of age and the things they're telling me that's going on in high school, it wasn't there in my day. Put it down as rife with it. Dungannon's rife with it. Northern Ireland's rife with it. And you see one drug, listen, one little tablet, it affects the mind. And young people go down into depression. And they go to the doctor and they say, Doctor, I'm depressed. And what do they do? They put them on antidepressants and it makes them worse than they ever were. And their wee minds are all so mucked up. Their wee heads are all so mucked up. They're down in the pig's trough. And tonight, young ladies and gentlemen, they're perishing. And their boys don't ain't not ashamed to name them. There are boys and young people driving around in big fancy cars. And they're having our young people and they've them hell like that. And the authorities can do nothing about it. And here was a young man, he's sitting right in the gutter. Can you smell him? My father used to keep pigs. And I had to feed them every day I come home from school. Just go near a pig and come out of the pig house, you smell for days. And here was this wee Jewish lad, a wee Israelite. We shouldn't have been. And he's in the pig's trough. And maybe there's a young person here tonight, and you were brought up in a godly home. And you've got a mother and a father who's saved and loves you, and you were out last night in the pubs, a place you should never have been. Ah, you were among the other people. You were living the inrest and the riotous living. Ah, you were just like the harlots last night. You were in places you shouldn't and knew you shouldn't have been. 
Listen, I did the same. And I broke a mother's heart. But thank God tonight, as I come to close, he came to himself. You see, he never forgot the Father's house. And you know, young person, tonight there is a way back from the dark paths of sin. And if you've been brought up in a godly home, and you've been brought up with a loving mother and loving father, maybe a loving, as as William said, to have a, a grandmother and a grandfather that loves you and cares for you, you'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. And as this man went away, this young man went away out seeking his fortune, seeking to live his life to the full, to enjoy all that the world had and all it given was emptiness and misery. The Bible says that when he came to himself, when he came to himself, do you see his repentance? Oh, there's some, and I could really cross at this, there are some men in pulpits tonight and they never explain repentance. Just you put your wee hand up there and just you say a wee late prayer and you'll be all right. I'm telling you, this wee man wasn't saying a wee late prayer. Here was a man who was broken. Here was a man who was at wit's end corner. Here was a man in desperation. Here was a man who was weighing it all up. And he said, how many hired servants are in my father's house? And they have food enough to spur and I perish. But he thought of his father. He says, here I am. The son of a father. And it broke his heart. It broke his heart. It brought shame upon the family name. It brought the family's name down into the gutter. I've just made an absolute mess. How will he ever love me? If my father could see me now, what would he think? What would he think? And the young man says, and thank God he said it. He says, I will go. He says, I will go. I will go to my father. And I will say to my father, Father, I have sinned. He acknowledged, first of all, he had sinned. And young person, if you're going to come to Christ, you need to acknowledge that. You need to acknowledge that you're a sinner before God, that you've broken God's law, and you're unrighteous before him. And my friend, you have to repent of your sin. He says, Father, I have sinned against heaven. I have broken God's law. I have broken what God said in his law and the commandments. He said, Lord, I've broken them all. I've broken them all. He just said, Lord, he said, Father, just make me one of your servants. All he wanted to be was just a servant. I wish I had more time. But can you see the wee man? And I can see him. I can see him coming in his rags. I can see him coming in his stinkiness. I can see him coming just as he is. I can see him make his way up that lane. If he, if he went down a lane and if he went down a road, I can see him coming up that lane, up that road. 
And I can see the Father. I can see him standing on his balcony. I can see him standing, looking down the lane, as he did every morning, as he did every day, as he prayed for his wayward son. And as he got up that morning, he sees this little figure. He says, is this him? Is this my wayward son? And as the father begins to make him out, I don't know how long he was in the far country. I don't know how long he was away from his father. But every day that man prayed for him. Every day that man didn't give up. He kept praying to God that he would save his wayward son. And now God's answering his prayer. And God's bringing him home. God's bringing him home. And the father didn't wait. He didn't wait. The father, the Bible says, he ran. He ran. And the Bible says he had compassion on him. The father never stopped loving him. And listen, parents, maybe your children are breaking your heart. Maybe you're wondering, will they ever be seen? Will they ever come back? Listen, don't give up. And never stop loving them. Because you have a loving Father in heaven who cares. You have one who you can bring all your wants and wishes known. You can bring them all to the Father's throne. And as the Father prayed and God answers his prayer and God begins to bring this wayward son, the Father runs, he has compassion, he falls on his neck and he kisses him. And the young lad, he breaks down and he cries. He says, Father, I have sinned. He says, Father, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Don't call me your son. Just make me a hard servant. And what did the father say? He says, bring a rope and put it on him. Bring a ring and put it on him. Bring shoes and put them on his feet. Because he said, this was my son. He wasn't ashamed of him. He wasn't ashamed of him as a son. He said, this is my son. He said he was dead. But now he's alive. He's alive again. Rejoice with me. You see, ladies and gentlemen, our children may break our hearts. And no matter what they do, we still love them. And we still love them in the Lord. Because just as Christ loved us, so much we love them. You see the love of the Father? I think of that night when I came to the Lord, broken, hadn't two shillings to rub together. Not worthy to be a child of God, but just came as I am. I just came to the cross and repented of my sin and took the Lord as my Savior. Did Jesus turn me away? No. Thank God Jesus saved me. William came just as he was. He came to the Lord and the Lord saved him. Did he turn him away? No. Do you know what the Lord did? He took away that old tattered garment. 
that old garment that was stained and ripped apart with sin. And God took it away. And I'm no longer covered in the righteousness of myself. I couldn't save myself. It was Christ who saved me. And he took me in as I was. And he took away that old tattered garment. And he put on me a robe of righteousness. He covered me in the robe of righteousness. In Christ. He put a ring on my finger. And that ring sent the face. The marriage between the, the sinner and the saviour. It can never be broken. There's no divorce with the Lord. It can never be broken. He put shoes on my feet. One day I will walk in heaven's glory. As I close, are you that prodigal? Out in the far country, away from the shepherd's tender care, breaking the heart of a loving mother and a loving father. Will they still love me? Yes, they will. Will they still take me in for all that I've done? Yes, they will. But more importantly, does God love me? Yes, he does. Will God take me in? Even all the shame that I have done and all the hurt and all the wrong that I have done, will God still save me? Yes, he will. For if any man be in Christ or woman, He is, or she is, a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. I close with this last little story. That's a true one. There was a young man of 17, and he broke his father's heart and his mother's heart. He went away out to stay out in the streets and got involved in many crime and many wicked things. Whenever this young man had came till his 40s and his mother and father were late on in age, he wanted to come home. And he wrote them a loving letter. He wrote them a letter and he sent it home. And he said to his dad, I want to come home. I want to come home. He said, I feel that what I've done have brought much shame and I've hurt you much. And he says, Dad, I don't know to come home or not. He says, Dad, I'll be on the 12 o'clock train. And it goes by our window, my window. There was a railway track going right across. And he says, Dad, that train will be going past at about half 12. He says, Dad, if you still want me to come home. He says, Dad, will you hang a white handkerchief on the little tree in the corner of the garden? And Dad, if I see a white handkerchief, then I'll know that you want me to come home. But Dad, if there's no handkerchief, he said, Dad, I'll understand. Your loving son. And he signed it. As the train drew near and passed by, the lad, the man, held out his head out the window. And he saw the tree. Ladies and gentlemen, there wasn't one hanky on the tree. The tree was covered and hanky chiefs the father still loved them and he wanted them home and Jesus loves you tonight no matter what you've done and no matter what sin you've committed he holds out his love at the place called Calvary 
And he says to you, come home. Come home. My word, son, come home. Come home now and be saved. Be saved tonight. Young person, don't leave the meeting without the Saviour. You'll never regret it. And you'll never look back. Tonight, hasten to the cross and ask the Lord to come in to your heart. Let us close in prayer. We're not going to close with a hymn, but we're just going to close in prayer. I'll make my way to the door. Listen, there's another meeting going on. There's a different speaker. And listen, time means nothing. Your soul is more important to me than what happens in the next hour. And if you're here tonight and the Lord's speaking, and you just indicate, and you just say, look, I want to come. I want to come to the Lord tonight. And we'll find that little place. I can't save you. But thank God I can point you to the one who will. Oh, my friend, heed the warnings and come back to the Savior. Come back to the Lord. Lord, we thank thee for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your words. And we pray, Lord, for the young people in this room tonight, that, Lord, that they'll be wise and they'll consider their latter end and they'll choose Christ and they'll put their heart and their trust, Lord, in thee. And for many a home, Lord, there is many a broken home in our little country, in our little land tonight. And Lord, there are many godly parents who are praying that, Lord, that you will bring their wayward children home. And we ask, Lord, tonight, no matter how far they go out into the far country, that, Lord, that thou indeed will bring them home and that thou will save them by your grace. And, Lord, as we separate one from the other, Lord, take us each to our homes in safety and keep us under the blood until Jesus comes, our calls, for we ask in the Saviour's name. Amen. Amen.